Welcome back to Repod, the University of Salford research podcast that brings you the people behind the outputs, creations and discoveries. Today we speak to Dr. Yelitz Pryor, who works in the Health Sciences Research Centre, whose career path is remarkably inspiring, not least because it traverses disciplines, questions, research methodologies, and yet consistently remains focused on the things that matter. Enjoy. Good morning, Yelis. How are you? Thank you very much. It's all my pleasure to be here, Andy. Nice it's to, fantastic nice to, be to have you here. So it's the first time we're also going live on the university channel, which is really exciting. And I think it's it's great to have you, especially because your research covers so many different things. Tell us a little bit about what you do and what you're working on at the moment. Yes, I'm classic jack of all trades, I guess, because um, I, um, I'm an occupational therapist by background, but then I trained also as a cognitive behavioral therapist and mindfulness practitioner. So essentially, I'm interested in uh, management of chronic long term conditions and well being in general as a preventative health measure. But um, I'm also, I have a history of sort of uh, prior to becoming a therapist, many months ago um, or years uh, in digital IT so um, and I used to write programs and so what I did is I um, kind of met my two interests and which turned into digital health and mobile health technologies and because there's so many opportunities now to sort of communicate therapeutic strategies well-being strategies through online technologies and your people are wearing variables so yeah, so I'm interested in behaviour change through therapeutic strategies mainly. And that's such a big topic, isn't it, at the moment? It's something that I think is is covering all aspects of our society, especially I think over the last sort of a year and a half where we've had to do so much that has been digitally led. How much have you seen change over the last 15 months? It's been a very different period oh, of time. It's, it's just been amazing. It's been, I mean, obviously the country, all the world turned upside down. But uh, I'm an eternal optimist. I think there's always something positive comes out of uh, everything. And if anything come out of COVID as a positive, which is you know really hard to see, you have to look really hard because obviously it's been a really hard time for everybody financially, you know, people losing their loved ones, being isolated. Well, what happened in the NHS, because I also work in the NHS as a clinical academic lead in a rheumatology department. What happened in the NHS is a massive step up you know everybody stepped up in terms of digital health and digital technologies there was a lot of reticence before in the nhs using you know because of the data protection or staff training and you have to do a lot of investment into the infrastructure to sort of uh, bring in the cameras and microphones for remote uh, online therapies and uh, it's happening everywhere now which is amazing and, um, and and it's happening very well and has already been um, uh, tested as well for effectiveness. We, we see a lot of research coming in. I mean, it blows my mind when I look at how much science is already coming in all through the COVID period that how things have changed and perhaps things have changed for positive as well. Yeah, I'm desperate looking for the positive. <laughs> Yeah, I think we absolutely all are. And it's wonderful to hear how much you're doing across different sectors. I think one of the big things we do at Salford University is involve ourselves in a range of different sectors, not just the education sector, but whether it's health, culture, the arts, engineering industries, 
And so to hear what you're doing is fantastic. And I think I've been really proud of what the university has done over this period, especially I see we've now set up a vaccination clinic at the university so mm -hmm. students can get vaccinated, which is really exciting. And I think a wonderful way to, to make that contribution. And I remember at the start of the, the COVID period as well, we, we had an opportunity for staff to then volunteer as well, which was, yes. which was really great. And so yes. you oversee quite a bit of our, our postgraduate research. Tell us a bit about that as well. Well, at the moment, I'm a program lead for uh, EPSRC-funded Center for Doctoral Studies uh, in Prosthetics and Orthotics in uh, School of Health and Society. And uh, this is a really prestigious uh, funding for the whole university. It's our first CDT. And uh, we have funding for 40 PhD students. And these are all four-year PhDs. So the first year is taught, taught is like a, a master's. And, and then you have three, but it's a four-year PhD. So just that's uh, what we try to do. We get people from all different scientific backgrounds, from engineering, from biomedical sciences, from uh, therapies, allied health, nurses, and uh, we put them all together. And in the first year, we have to level them up with the sort of fundamentals of prosthetics and orthotics. And it's just such a dynamic and interesting course. So there's only sort of 12 to 15 in a cohort, so it's very small. But uh, what we do is every, um, in the first year, they span in Salford, and then we have uh, other uh, universities in uh, partnership with us, like University of Southampton, Imperial, and Stratoclyte. And what do students do then? They just go back to their home institutes on the second year. But we come together quite a lot. And next week, we're going to all together to Lake District for a summer school. Well, we're supposed to go to Cambodia, but uh, under these uh, circumstances, <laughs> not happening. So we thought the next best. So yes, I love spending time with students. I got about eight PhD students myself, and I was a postgraduate director uh, once upon a time. So I love that student contact and being with them. It just reminds me, what I'm, why am I doing what am I doing? I mean, I have to say, having done a PhD, that sounds like an, a dream job. I mean, it's a fantastic opportunity for postgraduate researchers to be amongst so many different people from different backgrounds and different expertise. Absolutely. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very envious of, the, of their lives, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I remember we used to say when I was a PhD student, uh, which is how I met my husband, we used to be stressed and think, you know, oh God, I can't wait to be PhD to be over. And our supervisor we used to say, oh no, just this is the nice bit. But um, I just think whatever you have at hand, you focus on and it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? So I yeah. don't think it's easier or difficult postgraduate love life love uh, yeah. I think it comes as a fraudulent slip because I love research and <laughs> I enjoy every bit of it but I also enjoy the challenge because once you overcome that it's just such a you know buzz you get from saying I've done it you know yeah yeah absolutely but it has changed so much I mean for those that are joining us for the first time this is ReFest the festival of research at the University of Salford and these morning lives are to kick off the day where we've got a whole range of things taking place today we have the doctoral uh, research conference taking place it's the second day with presentations from students from all over the university and we've also got an evening event as well today which is wow. fantastic and if you want to find out more about the festival you can go online and take a look at the program and register for anything that's coming 
coming up. But I think, Yelis, for me, what's been incredible over the last few years is just how much that that postgraduate research life has changed. We recently, I'm very proud that we're going to have later on in the week a, uh, a, a graduate of ours who's just completed his, his second PhD. So he did a first PhD in genetics and then did a PhD with us in science communication. <laughs> <laughs> and he's now, he's now just been promoted at Napier University as associate professor. And over his entire PhD with us, he did so many things. And I think it's an incredibly rich life. I think it's partly because there is much more expectation and desire to have an impact on society beyond just the research, isn't there? Well, I mean, research is a bit like uh, my first degree uh, was in fine arts, you know, uh, wow. back in <laughs> Turkey. So, and my daughter going to university to do the same now in September, which is crazy. But uh, so, so we all multifaceted, aren't we? We are not all, you know, and we all do research for a reason. So, it's, I always think of the word: is art for people or is art for art? And it's the same mm. for research. There's the importance of that scientific value, what you add into the science and the community. But in the end, what 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 difference we're making into people's lives? And this is what I love about the research I do at uh, School of Health and Society is very applied, and we see the impact almost immediately, which is unseen in the especially health mm-hmm. in the NHS. It could take anything to eight to fifteen years for interventions to be realized in the NHS. But as a clinical academic, I'm just able to develop the interventions with the patients, patient and public involvement and engagement. And then they are more contextual and more applicable. And, and then you just basically just continue as research um, fl- uh, you know, flourishes, immediately implemented in the NHS. And that's that's why I love it. I have one my one of my feet in the NHS and the other in the uh, university. That's so interesting. And I think for people that aren't researchers or are thinking about this as career options, perhaps understanding your journey is really interesting. So you started off with fine arts as undergraduate. Tell us about your process to becoming a researcher. Oh gosh, it's a long, very long process, but I think that's what made me who I am, which I love. So I don't kind of think, I, I, I'm glad that I did it that way. So it's a winding road of, I did a fine arts degree. I went to university at 17 and uh, in Turkey, for, I'm from Istanbul, Turkey. And then um, 21 years ago, I, ca- I came to UK and I was working in IT, uh, information technologies, and then I had my kids and when I had my kids and I saw how uh, midwifery worked in the NHS, I was so impressed because we didn't have anything like it in Turkey. And I was like, well, all of this is free. This is amazing. Like these people is like private healthcare. And I had this really urge to work in the NHS. And then um, I looked at the career options, which one was more uh, available. I've never heard of occupational therapy. And I had some shadowing days with different therapies. And I've chosen occupational therapy. And I came to Salford and did my degree at Salford. And never looked back. So straight after my degree, I got a PhD studentship in uh, Arthritis Research UK at uh, Kiel Medical School, Kiel University down in Stoke. So I did my PhD. And... Uh, when I finished my PhD, I came back to Salford as a uh, research assistant, and that was 10, 11 years ago. So, um, and it's just, it's been a really enjoyable roller coaster since then. And, you know, you never know what's there on the corner. Yeah, it sounds like it. And certainly the work you're doing is of such great importance. I mean, the EPSRC Centre is, I think, fulfilling a, a huge need within society because I know that you know, a huge proportion of, of people that require prosthetics don't have access to them. And I've seen a lot of things over the last few years about 
things like, I guess, um, DIY prosthetics and uh, <laughs> DIY maker movements, people that are trying to expand access to prosthetics. Tell us a bit about those sorts of agendas around the centre. Yeah, so the centre is about both, both about prosthetics and orthotics because, mm -hmm. um, yes, you're right about prosthetics and same with the orthotics that people uh, don't necessarily get access to and when they get access to, they don't get access to right orthotics. And if you look at the research behind it's lacking, especially uh, things about from the patient perspective, uh, because a lot of prosthetics and orthotics are um, sort of designed by engineers and uh, it's been, um, I mean, there's lots of research behind them. So what we try to do with CDT, bring the healthcare professionals and uh, that patient perspective into prosthetics and orthotics. And it's not just the UK wise. So we are four universities with this funding and uh, we, are, we have international students. Uh, so I have a new PhD student from Tanzania. She's starting in October. We have students from Cambodia, uh, all, all over the, you know, the Nigeria. And uh, we tend to go to countries where uh, prosthetics are much needed and mm. uh, perhaps they get through charitable funding access to sort of standardized prosthetics as well, but not necessarily specialized equipment that is needed. But there's always that ethical question whether it's better to not you know, have some than any. And uh, But the research behind, that's what we are interested in as well. How can we actually um, both increase access to prosthetics and individualized uh, prosthetics and orthotics and individualized um, therapeutics and wearable technologies? And how can we measure the impact of those to improve them even more for to increase people's quality of life, decrease costs, healthcare costs? That's fantastic. So tell us a bit more about the wearables, because digital health is a big part of research at University of Salford. Tell mm -hmm. us how that interfaces with this work. So we, we are very lucky at Salford, in, especially School of Health and Society. So we have um, our uh, academic director. So we have uh, Professor Chris Nestor and Professor mm -hmm. Malcolm Granite. And um, so Professor Chris Nestor's background is podiatry and biomechanics. And uh, Professor Malcolm Granite is move, movement technologies and wearables. And it's all music to my ears, so that my background is rehabilitation and um, M health. So what we are looking at as well, how can we, uh, for example, be measure better outcomes for, let's say, prosthetics and orthotics, linking this with variable technology. So you are getting both objective and subjective input because with variable technologies, it's not just, they don't just measure the bodily functions or your movements and steps. Most people know, you know, the Apple apps measurements but you can actually uh, interact with this now you can put how you feel let's say if you have pain how severe it is or if you're having a, you, you're tired you got fatigue so we get in the patient perspective and looking at the data both ways in that uh, recently i was um, involved in developing a self-management app um, with um, a company called Ampersen Health is a social enterprise and they got a research grant to do this and I developed um, in conjunction with them uh, two two modules of two weekly courses online courses for self-management of um, inflammatory arthritis so people then go in and do like 10 to 20 minute sessions and then do practices and then enter their um, stats into the app so they can actually see the trajectories as how they are improving as they improve their self-management strategies. Mm. The best thing is, it's completely free. 
mm -hmm. and it's free to the user. And in wow. the NHS, if your trust is using it, you can link it with your NHS records. Mm -hmm. So everything is becoming more transparent. And um, the more the patients or people with long-term conditions are involved and informed, the better they can make those behavior changes required, I believe. So I feel really passionately about wearable technologies. That's fantastic. It's such important work. And I, I wonder maybe one of the consequences of the COVID period is more people feeling a bit more confident using mobile technology where they've had to do things like track and chase. And I, I just noticed in the NHS app now, you've obviously got the, the COVID sort of passport, which is controversial, but I must admit, being able to access my medical records directly is, is a really empowering experience. And I think hopefully this will be where we take the technology in the future. You know, it's been absolutely wonderful to have you here to talk about your research. I love hearing about the journey that you've been on to get to where you are and the EPSRC centre is just phenomenal I believe you're you're going on a summer school trip soon next week yeah looking forward to Lake District that's amazing and a wonderful way to sort of hopefully round off a year that's been certainly very difficult for everybody but hopefully we're moving on to brighter things so thanks so much for being here good luck with the My summer pleasure. school thank you Take care, bye bye, bye, -bye. Well, that was Repod, the University of Salford research podcast. And speaking to Dr. Pryor was a fantastically inspiring experience, not least because it just covers so many areas of research interest and shows us how your career as a researcher can be incredibly diverse. Join us next time for another conversation with a researcher. And don't forget to follow, like, subscribe and enjoy. Okay.